Winging it with Pena Enrico is back after a sabbatical where David's had many, many holidays. Uh, Portugal, Mexico, he's back in the country. Green. Where? Green. <laughs> Green, yeah. Western. Severn <laughs> Beach. <laughs> I've lived the life the last six weeks. <laughs> so we're back. New season, new guests, and today our guest is Gary Green. Uh, good friend of mine from back in the day, grew up together. Uh, welcome, Gary. Welcome to Painter. Yeah, nice to see you, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. We were desperate. Yeah, I don't know, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, we usually say, where did you start playing your football? Well, what worries me, first of all, is I thought it was a really nice hotel we were coming to. Mm. All right. Secondly, thank you for having me. I believe that I'm in the first half a dozen that you've interviewed. Well, that's what my agent's saying. <laughs> but yeah. And I'm ready for part two and three. Uh-huh. Right. Um, You've got an hour. <laughs> where did it start? It started, unbelievably, at Wembley. You're born and, there, really? And everyone thinks Wembley, but it was the bottom grass. The bottom grass of where I lived in Westfield that everyone congregated and that's where we all played our football. So from a very early age, all I knew was the bottom grass with all my mates and we didn't have any of these um, little leagues now and it was just bottom grass or school football teams. That was it. Uh, And it obviously wasn't called Wembley. No, but in my my world, your world. And where is this? Where was it? This was in Westfield, like between Mr. Minot and Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. So it's where all the good players played. So I started playing unbelievably at the age of fourteen. Right. So we had a bit of school football. I was never really in the school football team, but once we left school, there was only Dave Jones, Mark Church, and myself that probably played Western League football and above that or that sort of standard. Just stop there a minute. Mark Church. Is Mark Church your mate, is he? Because I still see Church here. Do you? Mark's from Clutton. Yeah, played for us Yeah, he played at Bath City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see Mark a bit. I went to school with him. Yeah, he lives down on the I got another question as well. So you left school when you were 40? No, I left school at the normal age. I thought you were going to school and you got... It, was, it felt like it but 14 was the age where I started I didn't really play much school football yes because the school you had to if your mate was in the in the know then you were in the school football team and like I said I was only one of a few that went and played decent football and at 14 um, I played for for the Westfield Clarks team which were called Waterside so I went straight into men's football that's when you had to have um, the head, you had to write a letter to the headmaster and he had to give permission for you to play. So I played there for a season and it was my biggest memory of that was finishing the game and 22 players all getting in a little tin bath that was six foot long by a foot deep and everyone, had, we all had to wash and scrub our legs and knees. Just going back to that when you had to have a letter from the headmaster, that was like doing the insurance, I, I believe, wasn't it? Because oh, if they got injured playing football, you went insured because they weren't old enough. Or, it I, 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 do you know what? Been. I just remember that when I was a young kid, them, them saying them sort of things. I never had a letter from the headmaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had the cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it was there, and that was unbelievable, Saturdays and Sundays. So it was the same pitch, different teams, but the same metal bath, just 
drain the water out, put some fresh in. So you had to be first in. So hot or cold? It, warmish, <laughs> but really dirty. Didn't you ever have that too? Yeah. Yeah, cool. But especially that peas that way, wasn't it? Cool. <laughs> yeah, so it that ran our way. Horrendous. We <laughs> still haven't got showers now. <laughs> I'll get some flat for that. <laughs> right, go on. Yeah, so I moved on from Waterside because it was just like fat boys playing. Having what a kick position about. did you play? I there? was right back. Right back. Not right back in the changing room, no. which I know be your next little no. joke. But um, my happiest position was playing sweeper behind a big centre half, but predominantly I played right back. So defensive minded. Yeah, so that's how all my coaching now yeah. later on in life is right. all geared around that. So, so then, when do you enter? You know, get into men's football. Or so that youth was football. That, no, no, there was no youth football. Straight into playing with men at fourteen. Right. So that was, and my biggest experience was Phil Button, which was out Tunley, um, yeah, Radstock Way, and I met him and his thighs. It, my two legs weren't as big as his thigh, and he literally sort of said to me, "If you kick that ball again." I'm going to break your legs. So I spent 89 minutes of my first game running away from him. But it was, and that was my kind of experience of playing for Waterside. And then it went into, I left there and went to Purnell's that had the likes of Steve Plumley and his brother Dave Plumley, who's not a bad player, and people like uh, Cecil Ford and Rich Ford were all playing over there. And from there, I boogied on to um, Evercreech, where we kind of had a lot of creatures thing. Yeah. Do you know Evercreech? Yeah. yeah. Well, I always think it's like on the way to um, Shepton Mallet. Yeah, the other area. side of Shepton. Yeah. 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 Now that that was probably for for junior football was a really really they had like was that the Midsummer set? League, yeah, it? it was. Yeah. It yeah. was the Midsummer set. Yeah, tough but they team. had some decent, but they had decent players there like uh, Ray Stranger. It came from Long, Long Sutton, that kind of way. Um, Sid Howe, there was Charlie Pike that played at the back, Brad Fleming that played there. They had some really, really... Sounds like great train robbers, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was like it. And that was where I kind of, my game kind of grew and I actually scored from right back, sort of right back to right midfield-ish. I scored lots and lots of goals. And it was there that... Um, that I, I left the time I left Evercreech, I went to Clandown, and it was quite funny that from playing for my my experience of leaving Evercreech, they put in seven days for me Clandown, and I played for uh, Clandown on the Saturday. Who was the gaffer then? For, I think it was Gilby at Terry, um, Terry Gillard up um, Clandown then, and I played for Clandown against Tiverton on the Saturday made my debut I went back to play for Evercreech the following Saturday and played against Cainsham um, on the Sunday and then I then I was a Clandang man then but I made my debut against Tilly against a guy called Roger Lancells and he had more tricks than Paul Daniels he was he came out of kind of um, an ex-Man United player so I don't know you know what level in United but he, he came from there and that's where a lot of the sort of Western League in those days were quite a decent standard whereas now it's obviously all changed mm, so I played on the following Sunday against Cainsham and that's when they had about six of the team were um, like all county county players and that was like Chrissy Amblin and that it was all that Chrissy Amblin there was um, um, yeah there was a winger that was with a not Chiz 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 I don't know yeah. a, but he like showed me he tore me like a new hole and it was like wow <laughs> this was like 
I've gone from playing. I scored the winner on the Saturday against Forever Creech against Welton Rovers reserves in a Miss Miss Was that your only goal in your career? <laughs> no, it's got a few actually. Oh, right, okay. um, yeah, and that was that. So obviously, Clandown were was probably out of all the clubs that I played for. Clandown was my club, and it's that my happy memories are are obviously there. I can remember that's where I met Rico. Rico was going out as I was coming in. Literally, he he left that sort of time just literally as I was coming through the door and I met Rico's mum and dad there then so it was and I was part of like all the painting and moving all the grandstand nearer to the pitch and it was like a proper club you know like we'd we'd finish trade finish training and we'd all have a few beers and finish matches and we'd all sit around a piano and we'd all play you know the pitch although it had a slope on it the surface was second to none and it was people like uh, Frank Curtis and Bob Curtis and Len Matthews they used to, the pitch the surface of and it and their wives yeah and the wives but it was like wow for you know everyone criticised the slope bit at the end but that was yeah decent I, mean, I played a few times out there it was always good so it was a good game out there actually wasn't it yeah you played, I, I think they were in the Somerset at the time uh, yeah, I so enjoy going out there. Actually, knew a few of the faces out there. Yeah, um, it's 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 a real well. Obviously, it helped me a, a great deal. It's yeah. grinding, isn't it? You yeah. know where you get brought yeah. up in. You know, it's like me myself like that. In our region and stuff like that. You, yeah, I used to always tend to go back there, even though I was at Bath. If we went all out, which we was most Saturdays <laughs> on the pitch, I'd go back and meet the Irish lads to go out yeah, or no, stay around seems, the. Uh, they, bit like you, you just said with the piano and the sing songs. Oh, it's like. And there was people like there, and there was like Jordan Ash, like Eric Jordan was playing, Bobby Andrews was the centre half, and he was, he'd just come back, I think, from uh, Swindon, I think. He was decent, he was like a proper kind of motivator for everyone, and he kept me going. And I broke my leg up there, so no, I didn't break it for Clan Lane, but I was playing for Clan Lane when I broke my leg on a Sunday morning against Bath Ford in the snow, oh. and it was like. Yeah, and that's a bit of a setback, obviously. Well, you better mention somebody else because he's going to be on the phone to me. Oh, what the biggest? Well, that was that was going to come under. All oh, right, but right. <laughs> the manager a bit. You're going to say now, aren't you? Well, but you, you you're going to say cozy you, now, aren't you? You, you dig your own grave. You know, you, that was cozy. <laughs> so he was cozy. Was the Steve best. Steve Coles. Stevie Coles. He was. He. I think Dave King was the, probably the best manager in my whole career for me he made me feel like 10 foot tall when I played for Larkall later on but Steve Coles was the guy that kind of taught you the game and uh, very instrumental in I watched him play I mean, that, that was going back to my grounding of, of when I got involved with football I can remember um, going to watch Welton Rovers when I know I've, I've listened to quite a few of the podcasts and when you talk about Grantley Dixon I used to watch Ronnie play for his dad for, yeah, yeah. His, his dad played right back for Welton there was Trevor Rhodes played for Welton um, and the one that used to catch my eye was Johnny Watkins who was a left winger taking a corner down in the bottom bit and he, he, I think he came out of Carlos City those sort of things so they had and Cozy played so Cozy was not only a decent manager you know he was a a really good player and I suppose it was just after the Arnold Rogers days I'm going to say where that lot were Dave Stone was playing centre half and yeah. people and had Trevor Rhodes and Trevor Rhodes and centre mid Ian yeah. Anderson well the best Callaway Callaway the best two the double act best double act ever probably better you know next to Warner Boys and Bannister of Euro Rovers <laughs> but it was Henderson Ian Henderson and Colin Callaway 
Wow. What it was like they were like the dream team. One had like legs that were six foot long and one was about nine foot tall and, <laughs> and in the air. Wow. They, they were just well, they were just wow. Yeah. So well what I'm with you you broke leg you mentioned your broken leg and you did that play for Glen but you broke your leg twice. Didn't you? Broke my leg twice, broke my leg twice in ten months. Same leg. Same leg in cool. Park. So the first, the first one was playing for Elm Tree on a Sunday morning, and my second game was uh, my fourth game back playing for Clanland Reserves down at Castle Kerry, and I was playing left back that day, and I met their kind of right back was on a diagonal run, and I met him in a crunching tackle, oh. and they were all like the late, late Paul Ingram, I think he was even playing then, and they were like. You know, greener, just see how it goes. You know, I'll be all right right in a minute. As soon as they let me leg, oh, no, grab my leg, grab my leg. And then it was, I'll have another go. Oh, I think I better go. And Martin Haynes, who isn't no longer with us either, he took me to Yoba Hospital and off I come with a plaster right up to my thigh again on crutches, hobbling up my path. And my mum opened the front door and went, oh my god, like not again. And it was, yeah. So twice in ten months was not 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 the bestest. Did it did it change your your attitude to to tackling and and, and getting involved in the game? Were you a tackler? Uh, game, not or? if I could get away with it. No, no I, I only say that because a lot of defenders, especially nowadays, you know, we look at the highest level like the Trent Alexander. They're not yeah. known for their tackling, back and tackling. Yeah. They're more bombing forward and. You know, yeah, I was a bomb forward. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay him a compliment at the moment because his attributes was quick, and he'd run all day. Mm. He'd run all day, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I, not strongest in the air. No, um, it was weak. That's by dementia side of it. I should be all right. <laughs> well, it seems but, you're better in midfield then, Gar. Um, I sort of, you know, when you're right back in those days, it was just a number. You, they made you push in, and so I, that's why I scored quite a few goals because I was always pushing on and looking to because I would have said like you know 34 years ago it, right back we're right backs weren't they you know yeah. and, I mean you've seen some I, I think the exceptions I can remember the left back would be someone like Terry Cooper mm-hmm. like I still remember him but most defenders you think of the you know your uh, what's his name for Liverpool <laughs> Tommy Smith oh, yeah. and yeah. people like that yeah. they stayed at right back and just smashed the winger didn't they yeah. and that was their job wasn't yeah. it yeah. and that seemed to be like Frank football you're right back you stop the winger left back stop the winger and it's evolved massively now I know Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just thinking back to our times inverted full backs now playing <laughs> yes. more like well, centre halves yeah. coming up front and playing one twos and dummy yeah, and the keeper was. John Stones but, but I kind of had like a good Good ground in the football, though I didn't play because I didn't play. There was nothing to play. Um, my my nan lived in um, Shepton Mallet, so I used to always go and watch Shepton Mallet play. So people like you've had on there, like Steve mm. Souter, I can remember yeah. him playing in goal. And there, Martin Grawowski was another goalie. And you had like all the Ollises used to play. Yeah. Andy Ollis, Neil Ollis was a really good player. Roger Burr. You had Kenny Rintmore, Craig Foley. All those sort of people used to play. Mike Butt, big set of forwards. Rich Hollis didn't play, did he? Uh, not Rich Hollis, because no. he was a Bristol way, wasn't yeah. he? But this was like Neil, Andy and Clyde, yeah. who were like brothers. Yeah. And they were, it was, they were like decent team. Mm. And then we would follow them. So they were playing away to, say, Glastonbury, yeah. local derby. We'd go down and watch people like Tony Noakes and things like that would, would be playing down there. And then you'd go and watch the Portland away game, where there was people like Barry Simmons and people like... Keith Simmons and people like Tony Dirk and you know all those sort of people playing so I kind of always watched football I can remember 
um, watching the Chelsea West Brom game on on telly at my nan's. It that was I think sixty eight and black and white and mm-hmm. you're know, watching and Chelsea were my t- like from sort of then onwards and Peter Osgood was like my idol but I can remember watching all all those games and Chelsea in the 70 which would have made me 11 watching that and then the Cup Winners Cup against Real Madrid like in uh, 71 all those kind of things so football's always been I've been watching or I just wish I'd had what what the kids have now they take for granted mm. and even like me and Westy because obviously I work down at uh, Taunton now Paul West. with with Paul West Taunton uh, based yeah and, I, yeah and I and I worked down there and um, we talk about you know if the Astros not a free G you know they're they're like oh wow we can't play on this you know I made my 16s last year play on a on sand based ast- Astro at a school. And it's like, just get on with it, boys. You know, it's like... It's a game of football, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think they just want it all just so, and I don't think that's the real world. We car parts were lucky, weren't it? <laughs> well, that's like the other thing. Yeah. You know, it was. Well, we play, we train at Clannan on our court. Yeah, we? I know. That, that thing when Nigel Sanks nearly put Troy Chivers once through the, through the yeah. chicken wire. So so what what happened next? Um... I did broke my leg there twice and then I took a year out of the game and I went actually like well in my day it was a trainer but these days it's a physio mm. so I got myself all geared up and I used to run on the pitch for, I think Cozy was a the manager then so I used to run on the pitch with the, I was a sponge man really the bucket and the amount of times you go on there and people have like a bleeding nose they grab the sponge you know wipe the face <laughs> chuck it back in the bucket then the next one would come in and, you'd, and you're like wow I don't, th- I don't think we'd get away with it now <laughs> but that's that's what used to happen yeah. Yeah. and then eventually my dad took over because he was like a first sort of first dater and he's, he went to Clown Island and stayed for years like long after me there being there he took over got one I think one picture of me and him, like me playing and my dad on the end, like as, as the trainer. Yeah, nice. But no, no, that was nice. And like, like I said, where, where it was a, the community kind of based hub of, of not so much Clandine, because Clandine is a really tiny village, but the people that played there and some of the players that were ever there, like Keithy Thornell and Keithy Huggins and um, Robin Thornell. Robin Thornell, Robin Thornell. Keith so Badger, which is that the one Badger? Yeah. Is that Keith Huggins? Who I play with Dennis. Yeah, like a what player. a character he was. Yeah, he was socks down, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Colin Goatley was like Goatley, the mercurial Clevedon winger, and it was like Mickey Brimble spent a time out there. He was a decent player. He was. And I, my, my my first bollocking I had in football there was when Bob Boyd signed for a. I only played a, a few games, I think, at Clandine. Yeah. yeah, he was playing centre half. He every week. Yeah, would, yeah. He, he was playing right back. Oh, no, I listened to one last week with 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 Sam Robert, and it's like, yeah, and I didn't do something that I should. I think it was tuck in. Oh my god, my, I was quivering for about three months <laughs> after that. So he told me about himself, and and later on I met Boydie, like when he when we coached it, like Filton College later on. So what young Robert? That would have been over, over up then. Old Rob. So, so this right. would have been Bob, like Dad, but yeah. it would have been, yeah, he was a decent lad. Cool, he was a proper football man, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah. You listen to Robert, I well, can see. We, yeah, we've mentioned him loads of times. I think he touched so many players of our era, didn't he? Yeah. Their lives, like from Minehead or Bath City, you know, and, uh, yeah, everywhere really, didn't he? Yeah. And he loved the game. And I've mentioned it before, but he used to referee as well. I knew Bob like. 
out bath on a Saturday, like director or whatever, yeah. and then he'd pop up on a Sunday morning refereeing, you know, yeah. anywhere in <laughs> Bristol, you know, for free, yeah, yeah, just to do it to, you know, love, love of football. And, and Bocco Football Club. Yeah, I didn't know where he started. That, that, yeah. that, that's, mm. that's him. You know, he, he started that, not on his own, but he, he started that as well. Okay, so you mentioned Larkor? Yeah, I went to Larkor and we won, we actually won the league in 88, which Dave King was the manager then. And we had people like um, Paul Miles was centre half, Dave Pomphill. Was this first division? Or that would have been the first division to go up. Into the and the reason they couldn't, we, uh, what happened was the, the final game of the season, we had to go to Backwell. Was this the Western League? Yeah, the Western League. Yeah. Yeah. First we division. To, we had to go, yeah, we had to go to Backwell to win. And I think. Tiverton was summit on like 60 points and we were around about uh, 58 points so we had to win the game to go down there we were losing 1-0 with I don't know quarter an hour 20 to go and Beezer Barry Ingram was referee and I slipped him a couple of tenors and he gave us two penalties and we ended up two penalties we ended up two penalties I think it was two penalties one was one went in and one was saved Andy Palmer took the penalties the keeper saved it it's when the the, the Buxtons were down at te- yeah. Terry Terry, Terry. yeah, yeah. Didn't really, I think I knew Terry or I knew of Terry and yeah and the goalie saved it and Pom slid in on the follow up and, it, and it, it, we scored and we won the game and I heard on a podcast as well that was when Johnny Owen was at the end of his I think it was his final bit of Tiverton before Martin and Pete took over down there but he, he brought we were back in the change room celebrating and he brought a crate of beers in for, for which was really decent and then it went and then the rest was history you know Larkle at the time wouldn't go up because it was in the Greenbelt area and they wouldn't allow they were working on how they could get floodlights to come up and down and all that and they wouldn't have floodlights and, and go on and I see the chairman now is Paul Ranks isn't it? Yeah. Paul Rank here I play, he actually played at the end of like my days there yeah. and yeah and Tivy went on and I remember going to Wembley watch Tivy in the bars and so it's like quite football's a funny yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of how you know one door closes once you know kind of you never know what's going to happen in the next kind of minute and and now Larkall have, over the last few years oh, obviously yeah. have gone on and they're decent now but they could have had that many moons ago but obviously they weren't weren't ready for that at the time again that's that's another club in the tradition of like Robs, like Clan Down, like Batwell, Batwell, you know, mm-hmm. they're steeped in tradition, but local, yeah, and look after their look after their players, you know, Clyde Burge and people like that. Yeah, because he was there when I was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, they're a lovely surface there, aren't they? Well, you have Alan McIninch was the tail went, You know, he's a, he's a decent midfielder. Yeah, and um, they had a lad called I think Brian Wade on the right and. Trevor, Trevor, someone. Trevor Wade. Mm, him, Trevor. Brian come to Bath, didn't he? Yeah, yeah young lad, wasn't he? Yeah. He had a bit of pace, well, a lot of pace about him. Yeah. I think he got injured in the end, but. He went to Swindon, didn't he? And Northampton. Yeah, I think he went Brian to, uh, had a yeah. good career. Yeah. He listens it. Yeah, well, I've asked, him to come, I've asked him to come in, but. Yeah. No, he's but it was no, decent setup, you know, and it had nice people behind um, yeah. the scenes out there as well. Yeah. That were quite level headed and kept the club. And that's actually the physio out there was Steve Roach, and he was the one involved when I broke my leg the first time. He was playing for Bath Forward. He came sliding behind me, and I went into a cruncher. And Lindsay Jacobs is Lindsay Jacobs still up, up, still up there now. Is he? And I think Rob Boyd is doing something with them now as okay. well. And they sort of floated between Odd Down though, didn't they? A lot of yeah. them, like Lindsay, was at Odd Down, Welton, back to 
And it was like a bit like all well, that you said about Andy Perrett and all them. It's like I used to play against Andy Perrett about 12 times a season because they played for Clevedon and then they go to Yate, then they go to Mango, and it was like then they'd be at Western or somewhere like that. And then yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah, then Sunday morning. And I was like, wow. So he still scored every game. Yeah, no, was, they were all like, there was like Andy Diamond used to play, there was um, Shaker Breaker, and you know, they played, yeah. there was Andy, there was. Uh, I'm not sure there was a, a, there was like a group of them that just well, did Bobby, the, Bobby P should have been there yeah. did, did the rounds yeah so Brian Perry yeah right come on so what happened when you finished playing well the reason I finished playing was I was at Lark Lar Hall sort of finished me as a proper footballer although I went on to do other things after I used to play Saturday Sundays like we all did Tuesday Thursdays and I went down with this thing pericarditis and it was like an infl inflammation of the lining of the... So who like, were you playing for on a Tuesday, Thursday? Well, no, that was training. training so yeah. train Tuesday, Thursday, play Saturday, Sunday. And with this pericarditis, which turned into lupus in the end, it was just, it was it's something that attacks like, like the immune system. And it just drained me. And I, I stopped playing Sundays. Then I would give up one night of training. So it was like Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then it was Saturday and a Tuesday, Saturday and a Tuesday. And I, all it, then it went eventually to Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I, could, I couldn't do anything in between. I, I ran a half marathon in an hour 23 in the Midsummer Norton first, first half marathon, and I couldn't walk from here to McDonald's down the road. It'd take me three hours to get to McDonald's and back. So it was something in me that just drained me. And that obviously got suited. I was uh, sorted. I was on uh, steroids for a number of years until I could shake that off and then I just came back through playing through Marden's Reserve to see if I could get back on it I ended up playing for Pease down in the Somerset Senior Cup final and then that kind of drifted away to I don't know mid-30s and then I started looking at the world of coaching and my local school where the kids went to school uh, at St John's the headmaster used to come out and do the football and I was talked into Greener, like he needs a hand. And he was used to go out there with his suit on with his tie, <laughs> teaching all these kids. I thought this didn't, this didn't look right to me. So I got in there, got involved. There were 60 kids used to turn up for training. It was uh, me and the headmaster. So I got a couple of people, Brian Smith, who yeah. did be licensed with, and my best mate, uh, Joey Quinn. So there was three of us then, broken all, and that's how it started. And then you, Mr. Ricketts, got me involved in a little project of coaching and that was to do we met up at Western Supermare many moons ago and the follow up of that was you were involved with Bristol Rovers women at the time and you invited me out one Sunday mainly have a little look but to come and chat over this coaching venture that you were looking at so they paid Barnet, they lost 1-0. Tony Ann Wayne was in goal and she had a stormer and literally stopped everything. So I went to say, Rico then, that you know what Rico's like when you lose a game. <laughs> Rico does not talk to anyone, not even his career. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So we had to meet up again. So the following week, they were away to Bristol City in the FA Cup. And how do you fancy coming along, Monks? I went, 
Yeah, all right then. So we said the coach leave the coach. Yeah, we have a coach into the ground, so you just got to park at the beaches, blah blah blah. So I went and watched the game, and we won the game, and beaches, there was beaches at Ashton Gate, boy. <laughs> right, beaches at Ashton Gate. So it was all FA Cup, HTV cameras, everyone was like, why? Played the game, won the game, and he actually asked me to do a warm up at the Brighton at the Barnet game, and I went, oh. I, but, you know, what do girls do? Do they do like different warm up things? <laughs> so I watched Rico do it. I thought, God, if he can do that, anyone can do it. <laughs> joking, okay? So the following week, I'm on Ashton Gate pitch warming the girls up. And then the week after, he goes, We're away the Whipswitch monks. I know you won't want to come because it's an overnight stop. I went, Rico, I'm on the bus. <laughs> so we had Phil Criddle driving the bus, Hendy girl, Lucy Hendy, Danny James's wife, doing the quiz, and me and Rico sat in the front seat and off we go to Ipswich which my only memory of Ipswich was Rico was at this big hard stature of a centre half version and I can remember we went out to the game and it was the coldest day since I played at Lansdale and Rico went out and he had a little coat or whatever on but nothing on his legs I thought well if Rico's not wearing tracky I ain't wearing tracky bottom so I go out there and by half time I'm like oh, I'm shivering in the corner I have to go behind the dugout and find my trousers and put them on but it was it like Ipswich like men's academy where, where the women play and that was how I got into like the coaching world and at the time I was doing a bit at Bishop Sutton with Tony Cornelius was over there well Shane Smith got me over there and now Shane Smith you all know Shane Smith yeah. now Shane Smith's the only man I know who can bullshit a bullshitter <laughs> right and he got more stories than bleeding Jack and Ori he's so, a coach though isn't he Shane uh, they want, he wanted to be a coach but they could only get 51 seats in his mouth so it was like so it was like and I was over there Tony Cornelius he was doing a, he was doing a bit at Bishop Sutton and a bit um, at Bristol Rovers so we kind of said we're at Bath Uni come and have a little watch so I went along had a little watch and that's kind of got my taste buds going what with Rico's project as well and then I, I packed in coaching it uh, helping Shane Smith at Bishop Sutton to go with Rico now training was at the beaches behind the Pro 5 at beaches so we didn't have actually lights on the training bit. <laughs> we had the back of the lights from the fibre side courts and that was our training and that's how I got into. And we've been there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. But it'd be interesting because, you know, where the women's game has gone just oh. recently and everything else. Um, yeah, and I think we, we, we come on to that a little bit later on because, you know, those girls, those gas girls at the time were, you know, martyrs. You know, yeah, they, they were. And they were unbelievable and I don't think I, I said to on a previous podcast when Marcin Marcia Dean and that's coming with it yeah um, they don't get the credit they deserve no they don't they don't get the credit well they said that is some commitment to come Ipswich isn't it oh. you know overnight and do that and yeah. you know there's there's a lot a lot of people behind you know you mentioned Phil Criddle and and, and you know Jimmy Weech, Simon Arnold. I've seen a picture recently that Steve Souter put up on um, on the old Bristol Bristol team picks. You know, Kevin Spencer. Uh, well, he was uh, he was the big big one that got it because what happened? Once it jumped up a level, he was the director for the for the women. Yeah, and he was we ended at the room. we ended up renting a house, a massive house, and getting all these girls over. So I ended up um, in my time there getting. I can say five and more girls from over America. They were all playing for Charlotte Eagles over in yeah. uh, over in the states, 
and that's where the Norton Hill, so you at Norton Hill School running the after sort of curriculum club and the, well, the Astros. And women's football and working with me caused you to have a career change, didn't it? Oh, definitely. I was a, I was a printer for 26 years and I... Purnell's? Uh, no, Marlins, just yeah, back, Martins, back, yeah. back, back my way. <laughs> and um, it was, yeah, it was around about the 40-ish suddenly I didn't want to be a printer anymore I wanted to be because I used to go with Rico on a Sunday and how he I did it for ages no there was no money in the pot to pay anyone and we used to go off to like you name it up country into Middlesbrough we drew them away Sunderland Blackburn Leeds Sheffield it was but this was all on minibuses and after Rico went and I had literally Barry Pocock for a little bit I had a couple of different deputies but it was just me and I can remember one game where um, I went to Blackburn in a, in a, in a minibus I drove the minibus literally got off the minibus the girls I carried the kit in the changing rooms hung it all up this is me on my own um, go out I start the warm up I finish the warm up run in get the team sheet I run back out exchange the team sheets half hour before kick off back in finish the warm up Play the game. I can remember Jess Fishlock at the time. She went into Grace Welsh International. Yeah, Welsh International. Grace McCatty, who's um, up working for the FA now, but she was in the England setup. Jess has gone to do one of the leads, or you know, get stuck into the leads grill. She's done Grace McCatty. Grace has got blood, blood everywhere. All I've got is a sponge. Is a, well, <laughs> no, I've got a blue Lucasade bottle. You know the old big factory. Run on! I'm squirting water on and blood. There's blood everywhere. So their physio comes on, finish the game. We've got to take Grace to the hospital. Oh, first aiders lemonade. Finish, finish the game. Finish the game. I pick up this. No, I didn't. What, no, what's that? What's that? So there's first aid and you had lemonade. Uh, <laughs> so well, I, I, I work on this. I, I, I finish. I go in, pick all the kit up. I put on the bag. I go into the club where there's a cup of tea and a piece of cake. They all, monkey, we're ready to go now. Okay. So I've been on the road since six o'clock, mind. <laughs> and I go in there. Okay, girls, back on the minibus and drive all the way in. Where's monkey come from? I just did uh, a few times. Flirty. Is it something to put on here? <laughs> that monkey, there was a little monkey on Tiswas called Charlie the Monkey. I remember. Uh, Chris Farron. Yeah. It spit the dog, but yeah. they that sort of yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. And he's like, "No, nah, you." He looked like him, didn't he? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so that's where the Charlie. But he's got like I've got a son called George, and he's christened him like Jungle George, like George of the Jungle. And I've got a son called Harry, and he's Harry the Spider. This is all Rico's net, okay? So I'm Monkey, George of the Jungle, and Harry the Spider. Thank, yeah. Thankfully, he didn't know my daughter Martha, but um, well, he does know her now. But let's move on. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, women's football has made tremendous strides. Yeah. You know, absolutely fantastic strides, you know, and uh, obviously you ran the women's side at Filton College yeah. as well as as well as well taking over the gas girls. Do you think women's football is moving too quickly? Um, I'm going to say my only fear I got with it, it's not sustainable for, and I say that because if you're like a Man United 
men, men's fans. You get 75,000 at the game every week and everyone's buying shirts and merch. And then the women will come and play and you might get a 1,000 or, I know, 2,000. So I think how... And they're talking about having equality and the same wages and all that sort of thing, but I don't know how they can justify paying someone, you know, large amounts when... Is it sustainable? But I, my own personal opinion on this is, I, I think this season will be crucial for 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 the future of women's football. Women's football is here; it's here to stay, yeah. and so it should be. Um, but if they, again, if they don't get the crowds, you know, how is it going to be sustainable? And you know, it's great selling selling out Wembley and the World Cup in the Euros, absolutely fantastic. But you know. Some of the league crowds yeah. in the Women's Premier League are not the best. So if you look at the start of the season, the fixtures come out, for example, like Chelsea are playing uh, Tottenham later, I think it's Tottenham, but it's Stamford Bridge. So they're going to get 30,000, 40,000 there. But it's next week when they're playing back down to wherever they play. So they're going to have one weekend where everyone plays. I think Anfield's being used, Stamford Bridge being used. Yeah. There's a few games like that. And I think that's arguably where they need to be. They, they deserve more than what. What not so much, not so much deserve because you know you were in the right to be there, but they they deserve a chance to to be where they want to be because it it means as much to them as it does like men watching men or men playing, but they just it hasn't been over the years. You know, it's been hard for it all to get off the ground. Yeah, that message message from us is is get out and watch it. You know, if you if you want to go and watch a women's game, go and watch a women's game, game. And, and 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 pay to get in. You know, but I, obviously the TV revenue will will support it. Yeah. But the girls need support. They yeah. need, they need support. You know, to take it to to the next level. But what is pleasing in our day, they, there was you couldn't even think that they could make a living out of it. And now a lot of girls do make a you know a living out of it. You know, don't get me wrong, the wages are still. Yeah. You know, someone could be getting. Maybe two fifty a year, and someone's getting two fifty a week in the men's game. But you can make a decent like living out of it, and I think they deserve that. And I'm happy that it's gone that way. And I think when we won the Euros, going back a little while ago, even my my, my George sent me a text saying, you know, that he lost his father for a while during during you know his his upbringing and whatever have you. But this has kind of made him proud to be part. Of, I felt I don't know what you felt like, Rico, but I felt that when we won the Euros. It was a part of me as well. I think, don't think it was just about those 15, 18 or 20 in the squad. It, it was a lot of people put a lot of hours in yeah. to get them to get them there. It's like we spoke of earlier, you know, you, you, you go back to, to the gas girls and where they were and, you know, Mr. Dunford and all, all, all that. You know, again, it's, it's progression, isn't it? Yeah. And the women's game needs to progress and they need support. Let's, anything else you want to say about it? Film College deserve a mention. Yeah, Film College, they were kind of, um, uh, they were the, one of the early ones to start like the college programme, and that's why like, we were national champions for, for quite a few years there, or always in between us and Gateshead, we're always sort of fighting for the awards. And I think they had the foresight to, especially like Kevin Hamlin, had the foresight to um, drive it. And I think, you know, the only downside of that, you know, wherever they want to put their money, they're always thinking, you know, how they're going to not so much claw it back, but it's costing them an arm and a leg. How can we do this? But I think they, they deserve, like, they were one of the forefronters for 
um, the college programme. Now, a lot of the lot of the teams now are linked into the colleges um, because it's like with all the apprenticeships and, and whatever have you. But that time there, I, I wouldn't change my time at the college. You know, like the, the, the worst time for me is after like you got up and left and then scans, Claire Scanlon went and I was sort of like fighting a lone battle there for to keep the women where they were you know because you when you look back at all the big sites and people were planning a lot of money in you know fulham were professional for a while and there were teams that were putting money in and arsenal gave all their girls jobs and things. you know we finished fourth in the country you know two years on the banks which is kind of we were punching well above our weight but it was i think it was from the work that you did or from belly to into you into to me well Ivor Gunn for three days because Rico mugged me off but that's another story Rico <laughs> and then eventually me and I found that for me I was always like the clown and the joker bringing them back round so for me it was, it was quite a hard job because I went from being Rico would come in after the game and rip faces off and I'd have to bring them all back to reality and then suddenly I was that guy I can remember when I got the job um, Steph Curtis I rang Steph Curtis to see how she was and she, her first words to me was, um, yes, yeah, Steph, just to let you know that I'm the new manager of the Gas Girls, blah, blah, blah. No, just, no, don't take this the wrong way, but um, I thought we, thought we were going to get someone good. <laughs> I went, okay, Steph, well, let's just see how it goes. That was Steph, wasn't it? Yeah. For you. Yeah. And she was like a decent Irish international. Yes. Where was her Irish heritage? <laughs> Probably her. <laughs> the milkman. Whatever, whatever, yeah. Yeah. What's, in, what's your views on women's football, Dave? Um, I've got to be honest, obviously, the England and all the World Cup, watch all that, but I've got to be honest, before that and before the Euros, the only time I really watched it was when the men's was on the international duty and the women's football was on the telly then. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched me football. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But a bit like you, i I, I got to be honest, I don't know. It's hard to judge what the standard is really like because some of the, that Spanish team, that be England, some of the skills they had there the yeah. women, were unbelievable, Decent. weren't they? But it's, I don't think you can compare it. No. To and the thing is, I suppose, I don't know who's going to support long term to, like you said about getting the wages and the money it's only fans or commercials going to support that isn't it yeah. so, so are loads of young girls or you know going to start buying all buying football kits and because that's what kids I mean when we were kids you got a football kit you that was it when you had a name on your back or whatever a pair of football boots but you've got to get millions and millions of girls to do that to push it yeah. the next 10 20 years haven't you it, and it is starting to happen isn't it yeah you know but you know the the, the, the goalkeeper Mary well, that was stupid she's anyway. fight, yeah, why yeah. they bring a shirt out you know because loads of girls but she, her, she's got a personal sponsor aren't she Adidas yeah. and I think that's where it comes that yeah. it's a Nike shirt um, and I think that's where me personally I think yeah, is a maybe. bit Maybe mm, is there a bit of yeah? That's what I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. But do you think from where it was to where it is, and you know, but look at some of the players. You know, like that time when we went to Fulham. You know, we were me and you were pumped right up with the greatest. Is that when I played world's yeah, greatest? World's greatest. Me and Rico were out there. We were twelve foot tall, ready for war. We pumped the girls up. We were five down in twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it backfired on didn't it. Didn't go well. They did this bus stop thing, didn't they? Or the aeroplane or whatever. Yeah. We just couldn't combat it. No. And I think that was about a ten nil that day, Rickon. <laughs> well, that that's one that sticks in my. Uh, and the other one was when we went to Weymouth, and I asked Graham Withy to play up front on his own. Ponzi said, "No, Rico, don't do it." 
I said, we're going to do it, Dave. We did it. We're free no down after oh, 20 God. minutes. I mean, he has some good attributes, Graham, but he ain't no fuck, man. Is he? He's going to burn that line. Oh, yeah. Bless his guts. So when did that all end for you then, Gar? The the women's football oh I went in there I've, I think I was in it for 10 years the That's whole quite yeah, a no, stint it's, it's it? quite a stint yeah and yeah. the only reason I came out of there was um, Mark Sampson came to the college who later went yeah. on to run the England team yeah I knew that and I, I think he just wanted me to collect cones for him really yeah. and so I've gone from being centre director of the School of Excellence merging City and Rovers together which is quite a battle going into a room full of you know 500 parents and 250 of them are in blue and 250 of them are in red and we're talking about playing in a Barcelona kit and none of them are having it and you're like <laughs> okay so and then he took that role and was Simon Arnold still chairman then? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he spent lots of hours and yeah. drove it, didn't he? With, well, him and Jeff Dunfer was, you know, and Kevin Amlin from the college were like the drivers of it. And yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm sort of proud to have, have been a part of it. Like I'm, I'm sure you are as well, Rico. And of, of the journey that some of them are on now, like you see people that are on the telly. You know, we used to like Alex Scotts and people like we used to. Super. Yeah, and so there's all these people, and even on there, there's. Um, I can remember going on for a ho- on a holiday many moons ago, and um, Rico did the first game of the season for me. Rovers were playing. Rovers were when we were playing against Everton, and we'd never taken a point off of Everton. And Rico went in there and announced the team, and it was like right number one. Sibian, Sibian Chamberlain, is her name was Siobhan, and now she's on the tap. So he calls her Sibian. There we go then. So that was like, and that was going back many moons ago, wasn't it? With um, so we had some really good players at, 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 um you know, down there, and we had the Welsh connection. Yeah, and Rico could tell you a story too about the bags. Well, we had the chats, didn't we, with the girls who come in talking yeah. about their time in the Rovers? And yeah, they were just, they, they were two stalwarts, so yeah. Morris and and Lou Lou Hearn. Yeah, but the Welsh girls took us to. You know, a different level different didn't level. they we used to sort of go in out to the beaches and all have a drink after but then it started escalating you know like we were getting players in from everywhere, like five Welsh girls turned up mm. so we didn't have a drink after we did but they didn't because they had to get yeah. back was that because had, you were successful you attracted yeah, them yeah 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 we yeah. got promoted didn't we yeah we had to grow mm. and we were getting girls from uh, Watford from down in Hampshire, like everywhere was coming. I remember going to Loughborough where they have the England set up. Do you know what I will say as well that watching that football, they didn't dive, do they? Like the like the men. No. You know, you watch the blokes football and you do it right. I love watching the Premier League and all that, but some of them they go down if they've been hit with a sledgehammer and and um, it, you could know it watching the the World Cup, the women. Not many. I mean no. I think was it I mean, I've been the Colombians, they were a bit play acting. But most of the teams, yeah. you know, they got a whack they got back up they didn't look to you know gain advantages by just you know throwing themselves to the floor which I thought was quite refreshing yeah, no, so, and the last probably I don't know if that's down to the coaching or they have been you know the, I think it's the women and they're not it's just maybe the upbringing for the women and not having that sort of mentality to do that kind mm. of thing I think because you look at the men's game a lot of them I mean you know just, just say for instance Grealish he's always looking to get touched isn't he yeah. you know any around the box you know, he's going to go yeah. down and try not 
just, you know, just sing that in. But that's the sort of players yeah. you've got looking for. And like, what with the women? They, some of them go on mazy runs, they get whacked, and then they're still staying on their feet, a bit like Maradona did in the World Cup, you know, just trying to get to the goal and score a goal, yeah. which is, you know, basically what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one thing I will say about, about the girls and women, they, they want to learn, mm. they want to yeah, be exactly. better. You know, um, and that's that's why I think the football association should should support it even more than they are. I think though in the World Cup, though, me personally, I think it, we were poor in the World mm. Cup, but I think we got further than I thought because we'd lost some key players before, like with ACLs, like Leo <coughs> Williamson at the back, like the captain, and then your leading goal scorer from the Euros. Um, Beth Mead's up front. So you, if you lose those two players, and then that Kira Walsh. We missed her for a game or two out there, so I think we had. But it was a quite a bit of character, though, wasn't it? Like the England, you know, they say the England they got character because that semi-final wasn't it, against Australia. Yeah. I mean, just be fair. I mean, they had all everyone. There was what was there seventy, eighty thousand people against them. Yeah. I mean, that takes some. Yeah, they 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 there and, and they did play well that day, didn't yeah. they? Because when they come back, I think it was one all. Most people have thought, well, it'd be easy now to say, well, fair play, lost to the host, 80,000. But they, they went up again, yeah, didn't yeah. they? And they deserved it that game. So I think if we had everyone fit and well, I know everyone yeah. might argue that because like, be same, like yeah. Sam Kerr, you know, yeah. Kerr was the yeah. same for Australia, like struggling with her calf. And what that. a goal that was, she scored. Yeah, no, decent. <laughs> and there's some decent, there are some decent yeah. players out there, though. It's yeah. like, I got, I got to say this about the Spanish as well because the Spanish had a few missing. Yeah, they did because they wouldn't play. Well, they were in that world before this. Well, they had fifteen kiss, girls that said they wouldn't play for that right, yeah. manager if they fell out of him, and only three of that fifteen came. You know, when, bearing in mind that Barcelona were there, like the, they won the Champions League, they were in the final of the year before that, and they beat Chelsea four 0 the year before that. So they've sort of dominated Europe, Barcelona. So it, it didn't yeah. surprise me with the Spanish that... Yeah, yeah very, got, very technically gifted. Yeah, no, they, they are. Yeah, they are. And they were the better side, weren't they, on the day? They, yeah, they, they just... They did deserve it. Yeah, no, like that. Mm. Yeah. So are you into any football or anything now? Me, about in football, I, I live now down at Bishop's Lydiard, which is yeah. just the other side of Taunton. And I coach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights and Saturday so mornings. Level, for, and that, that is a JPL level with Taunton Town. So JPL, what's that? Yeah, it's like Junior Premier League. So you've junior got, Premier League. Yeah, you've got the bit between grassroots and the academies. Is, so what age will that be? So that starts at under 11s although it starts for under 12s for us so we're under 12s under 16s but like for us we've got a pathway that links um, we have an under 18 team that play that will play next season like in the Somerset Sunday League and then the better players would go into like we'll play in the Somerset Flood League um, well, they'll play under the, the Bishop's Lydiard oh, right. um, umbrella yeah. so you're a very qualified coach then Gary yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been. I, I took, I took like licenses with, um, like people like Gav Southgate was on my A license yeah. and Roy Keane was on it, was Martin Keogh and all those sort of people. What were they like on so, that? Were, uh, they, were they chatty or? Yeah, no, they yeah. Were, they were like just like this, normal yeah. blokes. Yeah, that's nice and to hear. Next, no, they were, and it was like I can remember the story like with um, when I first got there, I sat, sat in a chair and Gav Southgate came and sat to the side of me. And I, w- I went there with Billy Clark, and um, I sat in this little chair. And we had to fill a form out, and this bloke came by me. She went, "Hi, hi, how are you?" Sat down, thought, "I recognise." And it was like, "Well, it's Gareth Southgate." He went England manager then, though. Uh, no, he was at Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. No, Middlesbrough. The next one comes in. Martin Keown comes in. 
Hello, um, and I, because I'm sort of sort of chatting to Gareth, you yeah, know, or Gareth, my mate Gareth, he comes in <laughs> and um, he's speaks to Gareth's okay, shakes my hand. I think, wow, is this right happening? And then Roy Keane comes in, he shakes my hand. So we're, yeah, we're, we're like in a four way conversation now, and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is my. The day has just yeah. started. And I met Roy Keane at the vending machine, and a little boy put his money in the machine and lost it, couldn't get a bar of chocolate out. And Roy Keane came over and said, What are you after then, mate? And uh, the little boy said, I want a you know, bar of chocolate. Oh, you don't want to be eating chocolate. All right, so Roy Keane goes to his pocket, gets some loose change out, puts some money in, gets a little boy out, a bar of chocolate, and he starts, ch- and I end up start chatting to him. And I said, like, How come you know, you've got your Sky Sports? You know, face when you go on there, and he's literally chatting to me, laughing away. And I said, and then you look such, you know, so unhappy, or gra-. And, he, and he pulls his face straight yeah. away, just like it. Yeah. And I thought, wow. I went, oh, I seen you today with with um, Steve Staunton out there, um, like your mate. They obviously had history, mm-hmm. and he looked at me and went, yeah. I kicked that bastard. <laughs> so going on a little bit more, I went, oh, what about when Martin Keown, what about when Martin Keown came over then? This is true now, we're at this little venue scene. What about when he came over? He looks at me and he goes, yeah, I stamped on that bastard. <laughs> and I just, and he sort of smiled and that was it. And that was, and that's yeah, how we were. And brilliant. when you went down for um, breakfast and stuff in the morning, there, there was a space between me and you where they just come in, chuck their trays down, and, yeah, nice. And it was like Steve Claridge and people that were on it, and he was high up in the you know football world then, and it was like decent. Well, yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, they're really, they're they are just they're yeah. just normal. I don't normal know superstars now, but they basically were all the same, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So, right. That is a funny watch. Mind that overlap tour with Carragher, Neville, if you want to see yeah. and Roy Keane. That is that is a funny watch. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Right. So, so, how long are you going to stay in the game? Oh, well, I've had two new hips and I feel good. So that was... You don't play, do you? No, I'd no. like to. Yeah, we all. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, so I do lupus? Lupus, it just... It's up and Step down. over Italy. <laughs> so, so, I remember someone saying to me, I think it might be Gilby, and he said to me, you know, Terry Gillard. Terry Gillard, yeah. And he said, like, do you know why you're in the reserves? And I looked at him and went, no, I don't. He said, because we haven't got a third team. <laughs> and he was like, so, and I think with that, I, I would still play now if I could. Um, I'm going to play in the game for as long as I can, um, like coaching. So I enjoy it. I think if you can get about and you enjoy it and it stops you just sitting around doing nothing, mm. I think it so makes yeah, you. Fair play. But it's quite a commitment. I get that because it's out yeah. every night of the week. But, Jill's very understanding. That's oh, the chick. That, that helps. So uh, yeah, she yeah. she likes the money. No, no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for as long as I can. Yeah, good. And, and so you should. If Is the body there... will allow you, then yeah, I think you you keep going. Is yeah. there any more stories you've got there, Gary? You'd like to share? No, I think before I'm... we ask our questions. Yeah, <laughs> and make sure. Yeah. We can. We don't have to edit it. <laughs> okay. I think I've been quite good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to tell the story about Dublin? Oh God, Dublin. We went on a trip to Dublin with the Gas Girls and Mr. Rover's women, and head coach Anthony 
and myself, we're driving, well, we're driving the minibus, I'm driving the minibus, and I genuinely, he would say a different story, but I genuinely said, Rico, we haven't got much petrol, we're going to struggle here. Rico being Rico went, nah, you're right, but he, he reckons he didn't. And it's like, <laughs> anyway, we're driving up there, uh, I can say, like, not a motorway, I don't know if there's a motorway, but right there's there. five lanes, and we run out of petrol. Ugh. What are we going to do, Rico? Me and Rico have got to push the van all across the five lanes going with us, the five lanes oh. without us, to park on the side of the road. Oh. The guy that turned up, didn't they? Yeah. Police turned up, stopped, stopping everything. Oh. Unbelievable. Proper We're... schoolboy or that is though, isn't it? Oh, well, uh. Tell the plonker. <laughs> tell him, tell him. <laughs> hey, tell him. Oh, we were meant to have a training session, weren't we, as well? Oh, yeah. We're we're girls were, oh. Where are you two? Oh, oh. We, we got slaughtered. Absolutely <laughs> slaughtered. So, yeah. that wasn't... Um, no. And then my other, I remember um, Rico sent me on a scouting mission once to Leeds United to scout Fulham, because we had Fulham in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. So, we had, and the, uh, so Rico said months like, And it's a day, I think, we, we actually won the league at home, I think. So Rico stays and takes the glory and has the beer. I drive to Leeds, Garforth. It's only the road, four hours. Yeah, it's only the road. So Rico said, take my car. So I get in the old sab and I take my, my son with me, Jungle George. And um, we go up there and that's where I first met um, Claire Scanlon, who came, eventually came back to work at Phil and then we'd chat about her in, in the jiffy. And... Um, yeah, my son George. Well, he blames me, but I blame him. He pushed a, a CD into the CD player, but there was already a CD in there, oh. and it jammed up. <laughs> so you broke your motor as well. Yeah. <laughs> you ran a pair of broke his motor. <laughs> so don't forgive him. No. So that was kind of Rick. I remember that trip really well, more so than me. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? Uh, no, I know. You mentioned um, some. We've got to mention the um, best players and stuff. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, I've got a few like so the best players and things. I've got a few like from different. Well, let's go for the best Mel. Yeah, best Mel player. Best Mel player I ever played with was probably I'm going to say someone like the goats, Colin Goatley. I, although I played with a few different ones, he did it for quite a number of years, and I, I was around his sort of. But there was a lot of people. I, I played with Dennis School for a while at Peasdown, and you know he wouldn't be a legend out in the Bristol world, but out our out. Is that anything to do with Lee Gould? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good at bringing yeah. there. So I have to probably go with Colin Goatley. Although I enjoyed playing with Eric Jordan and, and Bob. Bob Andrews is a two. Have too many, Mike. I know. I know. <laughs> How about the toughest opponent? Toughest opponent for me personally, and getting at me probably Shaker Breaker. Yeah, Phil Break. Yeah, Phil yeah. Break from many moons ago. But out out my way when we had the games was probably Dave Allen, Bertie Allen. Yeah. Where he yeah. played up front and he was like mm. just a goal machine. And as soon as you walked on the, I've heard you say it a few times on the pocket, but as soon as he walked on the pitch, you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and you can imagine, like with Phil Brake, he was, they all followed each other and they all yeah. went round. So not only did you have a mirror, like you play them too much time and they might be there then. And yeah, you're like, yeah. wow, you're playing like a lot of them. 
Did you play in the Froome game in the FA Cup when they yes, yeah. Dave Allen scored? We should have won that game then. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, well, that was a problem. Game, game, was it? Yeah, well, I remember that. Um, and how about the women's then? The best, say you've obviously coached. The, be- the best woman, woman that I've ever seen play is Kelly Smith, without any yeah. shadow of doubt. And the best woman that I've ever coached, I'd have to, there's a toss up between two of them. And that would be between Justine Lauren and Claire Scanlon. Yeah. I think one was played for Cholton, uh, Arsenal, came to West. She was 30 ish when I when I first came across her, maybe just, just shy of 30. But she used to drive down from Watford on a Tuesday and a Thursday night to go training to play for us. And I used to say to the girls, just go and watch her. What she couldn't do with the football, she was just like, wow. And we had quite a good connection. She almost had like a free role within our team, a goal scoring machine. But, you know, she was up there with Kerry Bartlett, who bounced off her and Steph Curtis. So it was like a really, I think we scored... You know, a lot of goals when we, we had our home pitch was at Cleveland, but Lawrence would be the one. The scans was just, as a person uh, in football, she was just dedicated to the game and she was like a little uh, Sue Smith size who was in the England setup. She was an Irish international and she's just a great little player in there who always. You know, creativity and making things happen, and she mm. was like giving decent. goes all the time. Left. Yeah, she was like so. I couldn't probably toss up between mm. like those two. Mm. Although there was a few like your mushies was a proper Michelle Green mush was uh, Lou Wetton was a really yeah. good centre half, and yeah. she was kind of. The thing is, you can go, and we all start yeah. up there. You, yeah. go, you mentioned one, but oh, I thought wasn't yeah. he? I've got a know. couple of boys that I've coached as well. Like one, I would say he's just signed for Taunton, actually under 18s, but he's just done his that little Phil Philip Mendonca. Yeah, he was a decent footballer, proper. Like I had him between sort of five and eleven, and he was small, so he had like the low centre of gravity. What to look out for there? Yeah, well, he he's, he just, just done his ACL. Then well, his ACL, he's going out for a while. And the other one was I coached at after every training session you don't get many but after every training session he was always asking what can I do better what can I how did training go tonight you know, what did I do good or what could I bab up always asking and that was a little, a little guy a little kid called Jake Richards and he just made his um, extra city debut uh, in I was at the EFL Cup but like the League Cup yeah like they played Stevenage last night night before but the round before he actually came on and made his debut on, on his 16th birthday oh, that's good. Yeah. so he was well, I just seen someone sign from Tottenham and they for Bristol City young lad yeah a little 18 year old 17 18 year old just took him on it was all over the news, local yeah, news yeah. Where, who, where's this from from Tottenham so he's only 18 18, 17, 18 or yeah, yeah 17 18 14 no 18 signed a pro contract right because right. we've yeah. just lost one, like, lost one but one's left Taunton Ollie Ellsworth ready to go went him no to no, go there no name if you said it probably right right your hour's up yeah that's it I can't well, wait for part two yeah signed sealed and delivered Gary Green from Winging It With Peter yeah. and Rico. Thank you very much for driving up and your contribution to Winging It. Thank Cheers, Gar. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Pleasure.